I love Shell Federal Credit Union. You belong here with 11 locations now to serve you. $250 cash back on all auto loans. Auto rates as low as 1.99% APR. Same rates for new, used, and refinanced vehicles. And people approve the loans, not computers. You know, they look at your entire situation. The credit score just determines your rate, not if you're approved. Be sure to ask about 90 days deferred payments for details or to apply online. Check out shellfcu.org. Welcome to Stuff to Make You Smarter from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Rob. Welcome. How's it going? Pretty good. Yeah. Back after vacation. How was your vacation? Very quiet. Yeah. Up in the mountains. Oh, that's right. You went to the mountains. You was so unplugged. All solo, yes. Yeah. By yourself. Me and the dog. You and the dog. That's it was right. Very romantic. Oh, well, good. No. <laughs> you have to tell me about that after the show. No, it was just, <laughs> yeah, the family was in Florida. Yeah. I went to the mountains for three days. Uh-huh. And this is the unplugging, right? You yeah, man. Turned everything off. No digital. No, no digital. No internet, no email, no texting. Nothing. Nothing. Completely unplugged for the first time ever, I think. Really? Yeah. Nice. It's hard to do these days. Yeah. yeah. That's why I went to the mountains, because it was the only way it was going to happen. Well, that's commendable, my friend. And that actually ties in a little bit what we're talking about today. Yeah, so you didn't listen to any music at all? I did not. None. So you no. had no music? I had nothing up there. It was just me and my thoughts, which is rather <laughs> scary. Yeah, I don't know if I could go a day <laughs> without listening to music. Um, I could, probably could, but I, yeah. I would go insane, I think. I could probably do without, you know, internet, Facebook, email, texting, phone. Try it and see. It's hard. Yeah. I, yeah. I had to make a physical... Mm-hmm relocation to make that happen right well yeah you don't get you don't really you don't get service in the mountains so nope yeah that's true that's, well yeah yeah so we're, uh we're gonna talk what we're gonna talk about today we're gonna talk about music in the brain and kind of how they yeah. work together how music affects your brain mm-hmm. and the things you can do to help your brain improve right yeah good stuff listen to mozart no maybe yeah we'll talk about that one there's a myth about uh mozart making you smarter right uh, but it is a myth Right. Yeah, right. a little misconstrued. We'll talk. That's, that's a fun one. It is a fun one. Yeah. It is a fun one. We were, I was thinking about this show, and I thought, uh, every time I hear certain songs, especially from the 70s, the the great era of 70s AM gold radio, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I, I really am, am kind of transported back to being a six-year-old kid riding with my parents and in their 1976 Malibu classic. Well, you just Station hit, Wagon. yeah, you, so you just hit on... One of the big things that music does for us, and why it impacts us so much, and that is that music can trigger a memory for us mm-hmm. and and put you back into a specific place and time. Sure, yeah, it's a good memory or a bad memory, right? Um, that's yeah, one of the things that music and, and trigger a strong emotion. Yeah, because of it. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like so, if I hear Steely Dan, for instance, that's a great example. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I really am transported back to being a kid. Driving with my parents, whether it's on a road trip, vacation, or just day to day stuff, and I, I, I literally am transported back to that place. This, I mean, the sights, the Dude. smells. I mean, yeah, very specific. It's overwhelming sometimes. And yeah, and so your memory of this trip is actually um, a great example of going down memory lane, mm-hmm. if you will, with music. Yeah. And yeah. you know, going back even further uh, into our prehistory, uh, it, it's interesting. You know, man has always had music. Um, they found. Uh, Neanderthal remains with uh, flutes made out of human bone. Mm-hmm. So man has had music for almost as long as he's been around. 
Sure. And what's really cool when you think about man and music in this way is that music and language are so connected. Mm-hmm. And they, they activate different parts of the brain. But there's a theory out there that uh, music may have evolved before language as a way to communicate. Right. Because we we could not articulate and speak. Mm-hmm. So we started beating sticks and rocks. Sure. And Neanderthals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, now that's not that's not proven. There's no way to prove that. So it's just a theory. The, another theory is that it kind of co-evolved together. Yeah. You know, as language was emerging, sure. music emerged with it. Mm-hmm. To fill in the gaps, yeah, you know, uh, well, like mo- a mother kind of communicating with her infant, um, yeah. So it, people singing, humming, whistling, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and no one really knows, you know, which one came first. Um, but what's really, from a historical or evolutionary perspective, what's just to put it in, in this context is that man has a need for music. Yeah, I have a need for music. We do. Yeah, I because have it. because if we didn't. Nature would have evolved it out of us a long mm-hmm. time ago. Yeah. Right? Right. So music is so core to what a human being is. Mm-hmm. Like, all humans love music. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, I know. I, I was just thinking and of a statement someone once said to me, and they said that they hated art. Literally, that was their, I hate art. And I, I'm like, you hate okay. art? <laughs> Who's art? Yeah, well, like, <laughs> no, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hate art. Well, so you don't like music, you don't like film, you don't like painting, you don't like sculpture, you don't like photography. Yeah. Seriously? You don't like art? And I think he was just, uh, they were just showing him a painting like one of his little kids did. Like, oh. hey, check it out. I did this painting. He made this dumb comment like, I hate art. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I thought that was funny. <laughs> so you hate all art. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, but music is kind of a, mus- a, a a universal language. I mean, you know, you talked about the need for man, man in general, humankind really across it's a cross-cultural thing. Yeah, everybody I mean, everybody understands music, right? And we're all affected by it. And yeah. you know, there's another uh notion out there that uh music evolved mm-hmm. as a way for males to prove sexual prowess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, that actually probably has some merit if you think about mm-hmm. all the action that rock stars get. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's something to that. There, yeah. Uh, yeah. The chicks dig music. Chicks dig musicians. Yeah. I so think there's more some, than anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, there is something about it. There's the an aura about music, the people that play music, the people that are in music. Um, yeah. But it, and it's also, we'll, we'll get into this one in just a minute, but it's also the effect that music has on people. Yeah. Sure. You know? Yeah. And there, that certainly plays into it. It can throw you in a frenzy. Exactly. Yeah. There was an interesting study done as far as uh, music being a universal language. Um, they conducted some experiments with a group of 21 Mafa remote farmers in Cameroon, Africa. Um, and, you know, they said they had no previous exposure to Western music. Uh, but they were exposed to 42 instrumental uh, pieces of Western music with different tempos, pitch, ranges, rhythms, so on. Had classic rock, classical music, jazz, pop. Um, and then they used uh, 20, 20 Germans as as the control group to represent the Western. Okay. So you had, like, uh, the control group, and then you had uh, these group of, of remote farmers. I haven't and heard of this. This is cool. It was really cool. They were asked if they um, if they thought each piece of music expressed uh, happiness, uh, sadness, or fear. Uh, and then they were supposed to point to photos of faces that showed the relevant, you know, expressions. Uh, and they correctly identified the emotion... Uh, which was far greater than than chance, uh, picking happy music sixty percent on average, and sad and fearful emotions about half the time. You know, so 
So music not, is a yeah, universal I mean, language. It, well, as far as expression is as far as emotion, mm-hmm. you, you know, truly they've not been exposed to Western music, at least so they said. Which you can kind of believe. I mean, remote farmers in Cameroon, Africa, probably sure. have never heard Britney Spears uh, or or Steely Dan or, or, or whoever, right? Uh, but th- I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, that yeah. kind of serves as a, you know, a little bit of a basis for music being a universal language, I think. So. Yeah, that's really neat. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about what happens to the brain when you're listening to music. Yeah. Because this will lead us into how you can use music to actually reshape your brain. Right. So you started off talking about uh, some of your favorite memories and how songs can trigger those memories. Mm-hmm. And music and memory, as we said, are very closely aligned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the cool thing. Memory absent of a musical uh, connection degrades and distorts over time. So Hmm. your memories of events get foggier and get lessened over time as other memories come in and the rest of your life experience comes in and those memories of childhood that you Mm -hmm. felt a certain way about may not necessarily have been exactly what happened. But and so you, they get woven kind of into your and rewritten to kind of fit the model of who you are and your own personal myth and so on. Mm-hmm. But not in the case of memories correlated to music. So you're like so you're saying your 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 own personal memory soundtrack your, your memories are much what more clearer? Do you remember them better? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, memories tied to music mm-hmm. are are much sharper mm-hmm. and clearer because mm-hmm. as I mentioned at the beginning music triggers the reward center in the brain. Right, right, that's right. Yeah, so the arousal, like with food, sex, music. So reliving that memory eating, yeah. a, becomes a positive right. Uh, becomes a positive state for you. <laughs> and you're correlated to, to music, right? So right. what happens actually is the brain releases dopamine, which is the chemical that signals rewards right. to you. So every, anytime you're in a, in a happy state, you're, you know. Which is flowing with dopamine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. And that, that's what music can do for you. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense, too. I mean, if you think about the pleasure center. Music yeah. So, yeah. And so music can literally improve your mood. Mm-hmm. The type of music that you listen to affects how you feel. Right. And because the rhythm and the tempo mm-hmm. help modulate your brain. You know, there's a... Um, so it, it kind of adds to your, uh, your, your happiness or your emotions. Because, you know, music can trigger sadness and happiness. Yeah, exactly. And, like I said earlier, it could whip you into a frenzy. Um, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. So if you've ever been to a concert, you know how powerful uh, music can be. And live, the experience of live music is very different from listening to recorded music because you're in a group setting, if you will, a communal mm-hmm. setting. Right. And uh, you watch these performers up on stage, whether it's a rock band or a jazz band or a full orchestra. Mm-hmm. And... If you've ever been to a concert like this, you know they can take control of you in a way. Oh, absolutely. Um, even in a symphony, uh, the conductor energizes the orchestra mm-hmm. to play. Right. And the orchestra then energizes the audience. Yeah. There's a certain energy at, at live shows that you go to versus recording. And I, not to get too artsy-fartsy and highbrow, but, you know, I mean, in art, it's a representation that constitute the that constitutes the art form itself, meaning that, you know, recorded music is not... And can never be the live event, even though we all say, well, wow, I went to see Radiohead and they sounded just like the recording. Sure. You know, but it's not it's not that. I mean, you know, it's simple physics. The representation of a thing can never really be the thing itself. Well, yeah. And the other thing there is that um, 
especially when we're talking about about a concert, mm-hmm. it's a communal event. It's communal, sure. You and share this, experience. Yeah, and it's, it's sort of the same way with a sporting event mm-hmm. or going to a movie. Sure. You know, watching it at home is never the same. Right, right. And never as thrilling as being there with, yeah. a, with a crowd of people yeah, in, exactly. in the moment. Exactly. In a moment that will – you're all there for that same moment. Sure, your brain reacts actually differently. Exactly. Seeing a live show versus sitting at home in the dark listening to the wall with your headphones on. Exactly. Yeah. Of course, you can't go see Pink Floyd now. I mean, I guess you could, but it's not the laser light show in high school, my friend. Laser light show, but (laughs) until Roger Waters and uh, what's the other guy's name, Uh, David Gilmour, get along, you're not really going to get the full Pink Floyd. All right, I'm digressing because I love Pink Floyd, but me too. Yeah, big big Gilmour fan. Yeah, by the way. So the point of us mentioning uh, really the experience of a live concert and how you can kind of get into a almost a communal flow, if you will, Mm -hmm. leads us into. Really, state uh, of flow. the state of flow, sure. yeah, and how music impacts mm-hmm. you when you're engaged with something. Sure, because this is the really cool part, and you know this whenever you, if you've done something, whether you're mowing the lawn or sitting at your computer trying to bang out a report or something. Right. And what are you listening to? Yeah. Do and, you or do you listen to? Because yeah. that's you know, um, like the state of flow can happen not just. Listening to music, certainly playing music, you can get into a state of flow, um, and and the state of flow is is again like we should probably define what a state of flow is is just yeah. really immense concentration on the task at hand to where kind of everything else shuts down. The rest of the world, black. yeah, the rest of the world melts away. It melts yeah. away. Yeah. I mean, like you literally you lose. You lose track of time. Lose track of time. Yeah, you're almost, you're almost you, in a fugue state. You yeah, know, you, uh, you don't go to the bathroom. You don't realize you're hungry or thirsty. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you when you know when you play music, being in the zone, you know, being in the pocket. Um, and we should clarify that you're a musician. Well, the, I mean, like yeah. for a bass player, be, being in the pocket is that's that pertains particularly to bass players. Yeah. And and that really is with with, a, with a, and it's a shared experience with other musicians on stage. You know, jam bands are really good at this. Improvisational jazz soloists are really, really good at this. Right. Um, they just it's 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 almost like a shamanistic type of state. When you're all firing on all pistons and you're all in the groove together, it it's so trans transcendental, transcendental. I mean transcendental. Transcendental. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is amazing. And it is a true psychological state of mind. Yeah, you're all lockstep and off you go. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's very powerful. It really is a very powerful experience. Yeah, and you don't have to have that experience in a group either. You can have it by sure. yourself. Absolutely. You know, uh, yeah. you know kinda of as a writer I have um experienced that many times where I look mm-hmm. up from the computer and mm-hmm. hours have gone by. Right. Where did the time go? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was eight hours. What happened? And would you be banging out Metallica, Megadeth? What do you... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so you mentioned, you know, uh, symphony orchestra, how the conductor kind of whips everybody up into a frenzy and energizes them in a, in a live show. Yeah. Um, maybe they're playing Mozart. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, but it, it kind of leads us into the Mozart effect. Have you heard? Have you heard of this effect? It's yeah. kind of an older. I have. You know, tenure. The, the yeah. notion that listening to Mozart makes you smarter. Smart makes you smarter. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that it's interesting. I had mentioned before that I like to listen to classical music when I'm working, doing mundane tasks. Um, but there was a paper that was done in the early '90s uh, called "Music and Spatial Task Performance," right. and the the researcher uh, basically exposed college students to uh, the first movement of Mozart's Sonata 448 for two pianos in D major. I, I'm not familiar with the piece, but anyway, um, 
These college students scored significantly higher on standardized tasks of abstract and spatial reasoning ability than those who were just instructed to sit there and relax and sit in silence. So you had two groups, one that had silence and the other group that was exposed to this piece, uh, piece of music from Mozart. So listening to Mozart might help you perform tasks better. Sure. doesn't necessarily make you smarter. No. No, no. It's not going to actually just turn on the smart part of your brain and you're going to become a genius. And But that was yeah. the premise for this whole online business in this little cottage industry that was born. He had a book, yeah. The Mozart Effect. He had CDs. He just take Mozart's music, slap a nice cover on it, saying this is the Mozart effect. Yeah, there was some controversy, too, around Baby Einstein. Baby Einstein. Around this, too, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was kind of a whole movement about, oh, if you expose your kids early to classical music, they will be smarter. Um, because yeah. it could, you know, it, classical music will affect certain parts of their brain and will aid in development. It's eh. not quite true. No, But no. what is true is that music can help you with better, as you indicated from this um, study, help you with better task management, and -hmm. it can also help you with memory retention. Yeah. It doesn't make you smarter. It's not make you more intelligent, but it can help you remember things better. Right, absolutely. I mean, there's research out there that shows that listening to music makes us happy, but it can also make everyone around us look happy. And it goes back to what you said about the Pleasure Center. When you hear music, you're happy. Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, and there are lots of studies out there that... uh, do um, indicate that children in particular who uh, learn music mm-hmm. or learn to play an instrument mm-hmm. from a young age right. do better that's later the, in life. That's the thing. It, yeah, that's the thing. That's right. the crux. I mean, listening to music is not going to make you smarter, but if you pick up an instrument at an early age... Learning to play. Learning to play it. I mean, think about... Be- because it's, it requires so much skill to master an instrument right? that you know your brain is just making... New connections all right. the time. Think and these connections are mm-hmm. stronger mm-hmm. because of the skill involved with having to learn to play the piano right. and all those, um, or play a saxophone and all the things mm-hmm. that your fingers and hands and feet. Yeah, I mean, you, you nailed it. You've nailed it right you there know? because, like, uh, think about it this way a child holds an instrument, he positions his hands, he listens to the sound that, that, that's being made, he has to reproduce that sound, he has to hold that sound in his mind and compare it. He has to he has to assess pitch, sound quality, right. and change that if necessary. And all right. of that requires a tremendous amount of attention. I mean, a lot of mental exertion there. Absolutely. So, yeah. and, and 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 so if you compare that with a kid who doesn't pick up an instrument and try to play music, yeah. you're it's it's exercising the brain is all it's doing. It's like right. as you get it's older, they say you should do crossword puzzles, you should keep reading. Yeah, Your strength. brain's a muscle. I, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah strengthening the muscle, and of right. course, kids. Um, uh, kids' brains are much more adaptable mm-hmm. than an adults' brains. Your brain continues to grow mm-hmm. throughout your childhood up until about the age of 25. That explains so much. Which, yeah, by the <laughs> way, is the reason car rental companies will not rent a car to anyone under the age of 25. That's right. Because they know statistically that <laughs> <laughs> someone not, whose brain is not finished forming is right. much more likely not to have as, as good a judgment. Yeah, that makes so, sense. And that's true. You can look that up. Yeah, that's true. No, I know. Mm-hmm. And, and, in fact, when you turn 25, your insurance rates go down. That's right. Yeah. So interesting. But after 25, it becomes much harder mm-hmm. for an adult to learn language, learn an instrument, all that stuff. I mean, obviously, it can be done because people do it. But mm-hmm. when you're younger, mm-hmm. your brain is so much more plastic. Yeah, exactly. And, can, and, yeah. and, they, and they've even they've, – they've, researchers have been – doctors have been – these neuro, neurologists, cognitive neurologists, they've, they've been able to actually show that the region of the brain uh, of kids that learn to play music or learn to play instruments – Versus those who do not, 
yeah. that the fiber that connect in there is it's, it's bigger in kids exactly yeah I was than, than about to say, yeah. yeah so the 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 connections are stronger. Your brain's a muscle, folks. Yeah. yeah. The, the musical connections in your brain are stronger mm-hmm. than non-musical connections. Right. So listening to music is not just going to make you smarter, but if you pick up an instrument, yeah. it might. And, you know, it's interesting. In 1998, Georgia, the state of Georgia, actually earmarked $105,000 to provide every kid with a classical music CD when they were born <laughs> based on this Mozart effect, based on this study. Yeah. So, so that everybody would be smarter. Yeah, I don't think that worked considering the uh, cheating scandal. Well, the they cheating scandal that just broke. <laughs> should have bought him a saxophone. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So listening to music doesn't make you smarter, but mm-hmm. playing an instrument will make you smarter. Case in point? Yes, Einstein. Right. So Albert Not Einstein. Not baby Einstein. No, no. Yeah. Albert Einstein, yeah. the world-renowned physicist, mm-hmm. um, was well-known uh, for playing instruments. Um, he played the piano and uh, the violin. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was somewhat famous for whenever he got stuck on a particular problem, mm-hmm. kind of breaking away and going and playing. Right. And he would uh, frequently solve his problems, mm-hmm. uh, whatever was vexing him at the moment, mm-hmm. by playing. And we talked about getting in the flow state. Yeah. So what happens? Your brain is engaged in an activity, mm-hmm. you know, consciously. Right. And unconsciously, you're solving the problem. Yeah. So you're almost... You know, it's providing a, a cushion, if you will, and, a, sure. and letting you go. And I w- actually want to read a quote from Einstein. Okay. Quote, if I were not a physicist, I would probably be a musician. I often think in music. Mm-hmm. I live my daydreams in music. I get most life and joy out of music. End quote. Yeah. Yeah. Mozart, there's a funny, that's great. There's a funny story about Mozart. Uh, his kids were, you know, playing piano. And they would, he would hear them downstairs playing the piano and they would maybe... They would start to play a piece, not a recognized piece, but just something they were kind of coming up with. And it said that Mozart would be upstairs, and then the kids would be done playing, and he had to run downstairs and finish what they started. Because <laughs> he couldn't, you know, he would hear it, yeah. and, you know, Mozart, genius, eccentric guy that he was, would run downstairs and... Must be done. <laughs> I have to do it. Yeah, he would finish yeah. basically anything. That, and it could have just been a simple couple of chords, maybe half a bar, and, and he'd have to come down and finish. I thought that was really cool. That is he cool. just could not let it be. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. So I guess uh, we could we could make some suggestions about how to create your own kind of soundscape, your daily music Yeah, I think that'd soundtrack. Be, yeah, maybe. a little music therapy. And, yeah. uh, you know, it'll be good for you. Trust me, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you play one on a podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dr. Cox. No, I think um, I think it is important to make a point to listen to music. I mean, we get so bogged down in our just mundane daily routine. Yeah. Uh, and I, like I said, I, music is an obsession for me, so it's easy for me. But um, if you're if you're just not really into music, try to pick I don't know maybe three or four favorite pieces of music. Have those yeah. have them handy. Listen to those while you're working. Why you're eating dinner? Why you're doing yeah. yard work? So I mean, I think you know, planning your musical week or your day, mm-hmm. just putting a little five minutes of forethought into yeah. what kind of music you listen to instead mm-hmm. of just random shuffle in your yeah. I mean, Pandora's good device, for that too. you know. Yeah, yeah, so you can actually change how your day goes, mm-hmm. and so a little bit of forethought. If you th- just think about this for a minute, mm-hmm. um, you know, what kind of music do you want to wake up to? Mm-hmm. Do you wake up to a beeping alarm, which is stressful and annoying, mm-hmm. and you sort of jerk yourself out of bed? Or do you want to wake up to something pleasing, a singer or a musical piece that you happen to love? Yeah. I mean, that one little thing right there 
can change your whole day. It can. This, this is true. And, right. um, you know, when you're at work, for example, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really should you be listening to, like, you know, metal or hip-hop or really hard-beating music? That Studies have shown that that stuff is not good for concentration. Right. You know? If you're doing something mundane, though, like doing the yard, Yeah, it's cutting, great, great for cutting working out. Weeds. I mean, it's, it sounds obvious. Yeah, working to, out. Yeah, it yeah. sounds obvious to say it, mm-hmm. but... You know, I know this from personal experience. If I'm yeah. sitting at the computer at work and I'm listening to, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin or mm-hmm. Sammy Hagar or something, uh, I start getting agitated. Red rocker. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love. You get uh, agitated. So you get wor- worked up into a frenzy. Yeah, well, I love Sammy. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, sil- uh, film soundtracks or, you know, classical music yeah. is good for a backdrop. Like, I know me personally, if I'm having a really crappy day uh, and a really bad day, and at the end of the day, when I go home, I want to put on reggae. It just it lifts my spirits, puts me in a good mood. But I mean, that's yeah. that's what I like. So you know? I think it would it would be an interesting exercise for everyone to just literally take five minutes and plan mm-hmm. out a musical day. Yeah. What do I want to wake up to? What do you want to work to? What do I want to listen to in the car on the mm-hmm. way to work mm-hmm. or the train? Right. What do I want to listen to when I get home? Or do I want to listen to anything right before bed? Yeah. And obviously right before bed, you don't want to listen to anything really agitative. Mm-hmm. Right. It should be something calming and soothing to help you. Sure. Ease into bed. And, yeah. Uh, when I was a teenager, I used to actually uh, – I was really into metal. Um, you know, I'm talking about 15, 16. Yeah. I, re- I would, and this is, you know, mid-80s, so I'd put on my Sony Walkman. Hair bands. You know, my cassette yeah. tape. Yeah. Well, I was I was way into, like, British metal, Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and, and stuff like that. So I do remember listening, laying in bed, trying to go to sleep to Iron Maiden, and it didn't really work. What I did is I ended up... a lot about you. Well, I ended up listening to both sides of... Uh, and so I was an hour in bed listening to metal, and then I couldn't figure out why I couldn't go to sleep. Right. You know? What? Yeah, and you know, I have to tell you, uh, of course, I did a lot of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite into that metal stuff when I was mm-hmm. a, a kid. But um, one thing that I've tried to be very conscious of in, in my musical palette, if you will, mm-hmm. is to be very eclectic. I listen sure. to a lot of different kinds That's of music. That's important. No, it's really important. And to you me. know, you mm-hmm. heard us talk on maybe the. the uh, but that comes with age. Even when I was a teenager, I was listening to all kinds of different music and, um, mm-hmm. you know, rock pop and the varieties within that uh even some country uh uh film scores and mm-hmm. classical right and you know you you my friend might be very surprised mm-hmm. at the mix of music that i listen to in any given hour yeah yeah no <laughs> that's mean, great that's i mean good. i go from the police to mm-hmm. vaughn williams to yeah debbie gibson see i had to go through just phases go yeah like I went through a metal phase, and I went through a jam band phase, and I went through a jazz. Phase, well, sure, that's when you, that's when you're a teenager and you're yeah. you're trying on different identities and stuff. And now yeah. that we're adults, we're right. You know, and we, we talk about musicians' brains or or people that listen to music and and how yeah. they develop, and and you know there are certain differences there. Um, in an interview with Barry White, uh, ten fifteen years ago, it was really really great because you know when it's, when it's time to get romantic. Barry White. I mean, come on. Barry White, Al yeah, Green, yeah. you know, those R&B 70s soul singers really do it. And uh, they asked him, they said, well, what does Barry White listen, listen to, you know, when it's time for the for the act? And, and he... Speed he, metal? He la- no, he laughed and he yeah. said, nothing. And I thought that was interesting. And I, I was like, nothing. Because I'm like, me too. And then I... Barry then, White doesn't listen to Barry White. He doesn't listen to Barry no. White. He doesn't listen to anything. You know why? Because... As someone who loves music so much, as a musician, he's gonna his mind will drift off and listen to the music, uh-huh. and he won't be concentrating on the task at hand, so to speak. And I so identified with that because, like sure. I said earlier, I, mean, I got to be careful about what I'm listening to sure. while I'm doing a task because I'll end up focusing on whatever the music is. 
Oh, sure, I know exactly just, what you, you know. Mean. Yeah, I, yeah. So I just thought it was interesting. What does Barry White listen to? When well, sure, it's the same way with Barry with, White um, makes love. You know, uh, writers, for example, frequently can't read a lot of stuff if they're yeah. working in that same that's right genre or field. Right, right. Singer songwriters are are like that. They don't listen to music because they are constantly hearing songs in their head, they're writing it down, and they don't want to listen to anything else because they'll never finish a piece because, oh, oh gosh, that sounds like I stole that or I borrowed that or it sounds yeah. exactly the same. But Well, I read, t- I read too when we were talking about this one that um, some really good music producers, mm-hmm. when they listen to a track, they can tell from listening to the track what kind of equipment it was recorded on. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some musicians can tell the type of guitars. From the tone, I'm, I'm talking about the actual recording equipment. No, I know. It was recorded on a something or other mm-hmm. device. I'm not right. talking about the instruments. I'm talking about the actual, yeah, the machine that recorded the music. Yeah, this, I mean, obviously, it's all digital these days. I'm talking older, yeah, stuff. But that that was talk about an ear, right? So, what's know? it take? Speaking of ears, have you heard about why is it that a song gets stuck in our head? How about that? The earworm. You ever heard of the earworm? Do you have earworms? Have you ever had an earworm? Not that I know of. Yeah. If you wake up one morning, you hear a snippet of a song, and guess what? You're singing that song all day long in your head or out loud. You're whistling, and, and yeah. you cannot get it out of your head. You cannot shake it. Oh, you, yeah. You've had that. I think everybody's oh, yeah. had that. You know, And it's usually a really bad song. I didn't know it was earworm, though. That's yeah, an they, interesting. That's, term. They call okay. it an earworm, a brain itch. You know, A brain itch. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a cognitive itch. You can't... Uh, you it's, can't get rid of it. It's like your brain gets stuck. Yeah, you know, your, the, your brain gets stuck. It's like the, the record that, that keeps uh, sticking. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it goes back to the auditory cortex that we talked about. When you listen to a song, it, that's the part of the brain that gets triggered. But uh, a, a record, by the way, for you younger listeners, is a <laughs> physical yes. media from uh, two generations of media. Ago LP. That, yeah. Long play. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So be aware of your, uh, what's the takeaways? I mean, be aware of your, be aware of music has uh, the effect that it has on your mind and your body. Your mood, yeah. your emotions. You know, if you're depressed, don't go listen to Nick Drake <laughs> or Pink Floyd. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah, and you know, try to program mm-hmm. music that will yeah. uh, have a positive effect on you. Right. Which is not to say don't listen to certain types of music because, mm-hmm. or don't feel compelled to go listen to classical baroque mm-hmm. or Mozart or something because you've heard something. Because if you don't yeah. like that stuff, sure. you're not going to like it. Yeah. So well, you could do what uh, the Heath, I think the Heathrow Airport did. They um, they use Whitney Houston's. High pitched voice to scare away the birds. They were having bird problems, so they they would they would blast that over the loudspeakers, and it apparently really? got rid of the birds. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So anyway, that's our show. Uh, where can you find me, Rob? And you? Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Our handle is Make You Smarter. You can find us on uh, Facebook. We have a fan page, Stuff to Make You Smarter. And we would love to hear from you via email about this show or any other show that we've done. You can reach out to us, uh, make you smarter at HowStuffWorks.com. Yep. Thank you, Rob, for talking with me today. This was fun. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. I'm going to go sing a song Go now. sing a song. All right. Take care. Bye. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. 